We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. We're going to talk a little Syracuse. We've got Brian Higgins with us from ESPN Syracuse. How are you doing today, Brian? Good, Sean. Good to see you. I'm used to talking women's soups with you, but uh, fun, to, fun to talk football that matters That's here. That's right. That's right. Well, you know, I guess from at least one perspective, it matters more right now. But I guess you can obviously make the case from the Notre Dame perspective. Uh, a win would go a long way the way this season's going now. So we'll see how things go on Saturday, I guess. Um this is Dino Baber's seventh season there at Syracuse, yeah. and he's only had one previous winning season. He's obviously well on his way right now. Their first loss came to Clemson last week. How much How much did he need a season like this with where he is up there? Oh, absolutely. Um, now, was he going to lose his job this year? I think a lot of people assumed yes if they didn't make a bowl game, but uh, the athletic director, John Wildhack, was uh, – out loud that he's not on the hot seat before the start of the season. And then uh, Pete Thamel a couple months ago kind of reported on his buyout information. And then you, you realized he was probably going to be here another year regardless. And this, this was like a complete collapse. So, you know, I, I think he was legit going to be here another year regardless. But setting setting aside actually being employed, he needed this badly. Because the 2018 season, and Syracuse played Notre Dame that season, and that was right. – uh, a Notre Dame playoff year, like uh, the 2018 season, it, it was great, but it was very senior driven and you had all these high hopes for the next year and it didn't happen. And yeah. the people trying to step up, it just didn't happen. So this year you've got stuff, you've got guys and you've got to take advantage of it while you have the chance. I, I think Sean, that's what we've learned in college football. Like it, you're not going to get another chance to have a jumping off season. Uh, and I think we're hoping that that's what this is going to be. Very true. How is he thought of by the fan base right now? Again, in year seven, seven years down the road with what's been, you know, kind of mixed, I guess. Well, I, I think it's twofold. Like everyone, for the most part, likes Dino. He's got a great personality. He's got all these little quirky sayings and all this stuff. Like you have to like the guy. You'd prefer more than one winning season in six years. Right. That that said, it's not like Syracuse was rolling into Dino being here off a great recent history of success. So it's not like Notre Dame where you're on the hot seat after, you know, a game, uh, which uh, you guys have seen uh, yeah. this year. So, you know, <laughs> I think people like Dino. Obviously, they want to be good at football. They were willing to give him some runway, but I think the runway was ending, if not for this season. I never dreamed I would talk this much about coffee, especially since I'm not really a coffee drinker. 
But ever since we first tried Trade Coffee, my coffee-loving wife is not only hooked, but I've even started to drink coffee. And I've got my mom hooked on it as well. Let me tell you about Trade Coffee. It's a coffee subscription service unlike anything you've tried before because they partner with top independent roasters to freshly roast and send the best coffees in the country direct to your home on your preferred schedule. Their team of experts do all the work, taste testing hundreds of coffees from across the U.S. every month to curate over 450 exceptional coffees that make the cut. I've told you about our collection, the rich, sweet flavor of the Big City Roast from Joe Coffee, the full flavor of the Black Velvet from Atomic Coffee Roasters, where you can actually taste the malted milk balls. We love it. And if what I got isn't up your alley, don't worry. Trade will have whatever it is that you want. You can shop their most popular coffees by roast or flavor profile, or you can take the coffee quiz like we did and get expertly matched with the coffees that you'll love. Trade is the easiest way to get your very best tasting coffee delivered fresh when you need it. You've got nothing to lose because Trade guarantees you will love your first bag. If not, they'll work with you to replace it for free. So if you want to support small businesses and brew the best cup of coffee you've ever made at home, it's time to try Trade Coffee. Right now, Trade is offering our listeners a total of $30 off your first order, plus free shipping at drinktrade.com slash irish. That's drinktrade.com slash irish for $30 off your subscription to the best coffees in the world. Give it a shot. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. He brought in, of course, a new offensive coordinator this season, Robert Anai, who was with Bronco Mendenhall at Virginia. Their offense seems to be more diverse as a result. What's what's the impact that Anai has had? Well, uh, this is where I'm going to give Dino the most credit over the last <laughs> couple of years. He, uh, first a few years ago, the defense wasn't working. And he had never played a 3-3-5 defense before and went out and got Tony White. He's like, this defense... It's hard for me to play against. Went out and got somebody he'd never worked with before. And this time he did the same thing on offense and and got Robert and I and the quarterback coach, Jason Beck, both came over from Virginia. And the offense specifically has been Dino's offense. Multiple offensive coordinators because they've you know moved on or whatever over the course of the last six years. But it has been Dino's offense. Now he's brought in a new guy with different ideas. And I'll give Dino full credit on that for for saying, hey, I need to make a change in offense. And, and I think Anai's been great. And the infusion of what he does and what Dino's does, it's it's mixed together. And I, I think we see that this season. I, 
I think we had a little problem with how they called the game in the second half, maybe at Clemson the last week. But setting aside yeah. that, I, I think Robert and I has been a, a great addition this season. Well, I think coaches do. They get they get kind of stuck in their own own ways sometimes, and mm -hmm. they've kind of got you know that happened with Brian Kelly after that 2016 season when when Syracuse, you know, when Notre Dame and Syracuse played out there in in East Rutherford, and he did the same thing. Went out, got outside coordinators on both sides of the ball, really went outside his comfort zone, and it and it seemed to help. I think maybe coaches need to realize that sometimes exactly. that they need to get out of their comfort zone. Uh, uh, they, yeah, and that's what Dino did. Now, now, like his staff, I don't know if insular is the right word, but it mostly, you know, for the first few years, I mean, initially you hire guys you work with. Of course you do that. That makes sense. But he kind of stuck with that. Like all of his offensive coordinators, and he had three of them, they were within the system. There were no new ideas coming in. So I, right. I think this kind of uh, infused some fresh blood and the quarterback coach. And Jason Beck, I give him great credit for working with Garrett Schrader. Like the leaps he's made from last year to this, part of it's the offense, but I think part of it is a nigh and Beck. If they've worked with him in a way that has made him made a, a huge leap here into his second year in Syracuse. Well, and I'm curious about him, Schrader. He started off at Mississippi State where mm -hmm. he played quarterback and then they were ready to move him to receiver. And he's like, I'm not a receiver, I'm transferring. So he ends up <laughs> yeah. at Syracuse and now. He's gone from a 52% passer last year to, to 70%. He's already thrown you know, 13 touchdowns. Al Golden, Notre Dame's defensive coordinator, called him a tight end playing quarterback. How's he kind of gone you know, from that story where they were ready to move him to wide receiver at Mississippi State to the kind of year he's having this year for Syracuse? Well, I mean, what happened at Mississippi State, like he's recruited under one coaching staff. Joe Moorhead uh, gets fired after a couple of years. That was after that weird, very – Every egg bowl is weird. That egg bowl was very weird. There's people pretending to pee on footballs like dogs. There's a lot going on. That's Every right. coach involved lost in the, in the game, lost their job. So in comes Mike Leach. Like you've got a quarterback that can throw it, but he's a huge running threat. Mike Leach doesn't care about that. So he puts some other guy in and said, well, you're a great athlete. Why don't you play wide out? So Garrett did it, but he never wanted to do that. So he's into the portal. And, you know, he had a bunch of different offensive coordinators and coaches and all this stuff every year. So I think a lot of this is, I get it's a new OC, but it's second year in the same place. And he was hurt last season. Like, and that's what happens when you're a big dude like him. He got hit sure. a lot. He was worn down and beaten up by the end of last season. So I think he's healthier now and in an offense that suits him. And Sean, what's wild is, you know, he was last few games of last season under 50%. I mean, that's unheard of in, in these days. If, right. the season ends, if the season ends today, he currently has the Syracuse single season completion percentage record, which no wow. one, no one would have guessed <laughs> at any point last year. Marcus Freeman sounded pretty impressed with the running back Sean Tucker the other yeah. day, and you know you were talking about the second half and all against Clemson. I'll get to that in a second, but you know he had a big lit year last year. Sean Tucker did. Is there anyone that you would compare this guy to that you've seen? Well, you know, I'm trying to remember uh, who it was that actually. Uh, said this I, I think it's been multiple people that have compared him to austin eckler if you're looking for an nfl okay. comparison because sean's not a he's not a huge guy i mean he's a, a huge guy if you you look at him but he's not tall i mean but he is a, a big dude for five nine or whatever he is but he's got great speed uh they're using him more in the passing game this year i don't think he's as good of a pass catcher as eckler is but you know it, it's not a weakness in his game but he was fantastic last year i mean he he sat at syracuse of all places, Jim Brown, Ernie Davis, Floyd Little, Joe Morris. He set the single-season school rushing record 
last year and broke a Joe Morris record that was more than four decades old. So he had a, a phenomenal year last year. And where that's changed on into this year is, well, everyone knows that now. He is, <laughs> and it doesn't matter what's happened. I think we found this now seven games into the season. It does not matter how much Syracuse is showing you anything else they're capable of. And that's part of Schrader's success. They are not going to go away from trying to shut this guy down, which I think bleeds into last week. He only got five carries. And honestly, I don't care what the other defense is doing. It's inexcusable. Like you can't have your guy who, and he's not going to win the Heisman. We know that, but you were building a Heisman campaign around this guy. He can't have five carries. Well, and, and especially against Clemson. And you're trying to protect a lead as well against yeah. it's that's what I don't get is like just looking at his line with all the games that he's had this year. I realize, you know, they've got a good front and all that, but it, it's just I think it shocked everyone to see five carries for for a guy who ran for what almost 1500 yards last year. And you know, again, having the season he's having this year. I think what surprised us is, you, you know, you, you go against Clemson, you, you may got you maybe have to tweak a little. Syracuse was going into that game, I, I feel, more as a fair fight than any time they'd played Clemson before, and that's saying they've beaten them uh, before in the ACC. But, you know, Robert and I, speaking of it, you know, they went slightly against tendency in the first couple of drives, but in a way that worked. So you do that in the first half, and it's working. Tucker only had two or three carries in the first half, but you, you had the lead. Now what happened at halftime is Clemson adjusts to that, and then Syracuse never made the counter adjustment. You forgot to go back to Tucker, and I, I think that's the point that – you know, if I'm if I'm Dino Babers, man, it, it would have been a hard time considering <laughs> how that game ended. That, that's a hard time putting your head on the pillow on on Saturday night, knowing your best player only got five carries in the game. Yeah, no kidding. And I mean, they they had him on the ropes, obviously, as you described. Mm -hmm. I mean, they got DJ Uyangalale is out, Cade Klubnik is in, and of course, things unraveled in the fourth quarter. W were you more surprised at the meltdown or that they were up so big in the fourth quarter to begin with? Um. You know, I, I thought Syracuse had a chance in the game. It was one where I went in and I thought Syracuse could win the game without a lot of just, you know, random stuff happening. Because I, I thought, you know, Clemson is not, they're good. They're very good. But they're not Trevor Lawrence, you're good. They're not Deshaun Watson, you're good. They're not those national title teams uh, good. Their, their defense is close to that, but maybe not as much on offense. So I thought Syracuse could play with them, and, and especially on the defensive end. And you force four turnovers. What stunk is... You got points off one and then you returned one for a touchdown. The other three takeaways, you didn't score. And you've got the 14-point lead in the second quarter. You're still up 10 in the third. One of the takeaways, you got the ball at the 50. And not that you're guaranteed to score, but you couldn't even get in the field goal range. And I think that combined, you know, that like Tucker on that drive didn't get a carry. It's that stuff that I think lingers after the game that it's one where, man, you're up 10. Your defense is good enough. You needed one more scoring drive, basically. You couldn't do anything in the second half. I think that's the part that stings most after the fact. Yeah. How have they handled that this week? You know what? They're saying all the right things. And you know that every team always says all the right things. But they do their player interview sessions on Tuesdays. So, you know, got to chat with a couple of guys Tuesday morning over at the complex. And it felt that they're, it wasn't lip service. It felt right. Now, that said, and I've said this on my show all week, Sean, is that I, I get it's Notre Dame, but Syracuse and Notre Dame, this is not what we thought it was going to be two months ago when two Very months true. ago the Arch would have been double-digit dogs, and who, who knows what it would have been. This is a game Syracuse, I don't want to say has to win, but again, speak of a fair fight. Like, the Arch are favored at home against Notre Dame. Go out and win the game. Go out and play well, at least. So I think we're going to see early in the game on Saturday, Sean, if this team is locked back in. 
Tell me about this defense. Just just looking at it, you know, I've seen a little bit of them this year. Looking at the numbers, they look just solid across the board. Turnovers is the thing that kind of stands. You know, you mentioned the four against Clemson. That's mm-hmm. kind of the thing that that stands out is the turnovers they forced this season. Yeah, I mean they're forcing a ton, but even setting that aside, the, the forcing the turnovers is great, obviously. But they're playing well aside of that. They, they run this 3-3-5 defense, which is unusual. They're, they're not big up front, uh, and guys are hurt. You know, they're, they're, they've lost guys back and forth. So I'm intrigued to see who they get back, hopefully this week, because they're starting to get banged up a little bit. But, uh, man, they've got two outstanding linebackers. They had three outstanding linebackers to start the season. Stephon Thompson uh, was lost uh, in the opener for the year, unfortunately. But Michael Jones, undersized, but he's an NFL guy at middle linebacker. Uh, Marlo Wax, uh, one of the other linebackers at minimum, is going to get a look in the league at some point. He is their biggest game-changing playmaker kind of guy. And then the secondary, obviously, it's a 3-3-5. They need a lot of guys back there. And, and the depth has been tested recently in the secondary. Uh, they're hopeful, I think, to get Garrett Williams back this week at cornerback. He's one of, if not the best, corner in the ACC. He got hurt two weeks ago. It's not a season thing. Did not play against Clemson. Uh, I think the hope is he's going to be back against Notre Dame. But Man, he is the full package at cornerback and uh, was sorely missed, I think, last week against Clemson. It's been 19 years since Notre Dame and Syracuse played there in Syracuse, all the NFL stadium games and Yankee Stadium and, and all that stuff. How big a deal is this, just that Notre Dame is is going to be playing there for the first time since 2003? No, game sold out. This is back-to-back sellouts in the Dome. I, I do not remember the last time that's happened. Um, it, it's been at least since McNabb was here, if not longer. Uh, even even in large crowds, but NC State was sold out, and, and that was kind of, whoa, this, this game sold out. That's kind of cool. That happened out of nowhere. The Notre Dame <laughs> ticket obviously was the hot ticket going back to when tickets were were on sale. So uh, I think there'll be a – like the NC State game, there was very few NC State fans there. There'll be plenty of Notre Dame there this week, and, and you know that. That goes for any Notre Dame game. But right. it's it sold out. There's excitement about town. And, you know, the comparison to that game – Back in 03, Walter Reyes was the stud on the Orange team that year. He ran all yeah. over the Irish, five yep. touchdowns, more than 200 yards. I think Syracuse fans are hoping anyway. I, I get Notre Dame's defense is good. That All right, Sean Tucker, he, he's the Walter Reyes of today. Let, let's see if Sean can have a day, especially now after last week. like He's going to get the ball this week. They're, they're not screwing that up two weeks in a row. Notre Dame knows so. that. We'll, we'll, we'll see what he does, but uh, Tucker's going to get his carries this week. Yeah, I would absolutely think so, especially, like you said, after after last week with five carries. Brian Higgins from ESPN Syracuse. It's always great talking to you, Brian. Basketball is is on the horizon, so I'll see you in person again soon, I'm sure. All right, Sean. Yeah, we always look forward to hoops around here. We, we, we know that. But for a change, the first exhibition game was the other day. It's not actually basketball season yet because football's doing so good. That's right. All right. Hey, thanks, thanks again, Brian. I'll talk to you soon. Sounds good, Sean.